Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Sign up to tote.ie today and place your first bet. If it loses, we'll refund your stake and cash up to €20. Euro. And don't forget, by betting directly with us online, you get a 10% bonus on your winnings on horse race markets with Tote Plus. Come get the gravy, only with tote.ie. Welcome to a bonus edition of the Final Furlong Podcast as we look at day one of Galway and the company of Danny Mullins brilliant jockey who unfortunately is currently sidelined let's not dwell on that too much as he plays through the pain and uh, of course top journalist and more importantly top better rory delargi so the lads have got three races that we're going to talk about on day one so we wanted to get this out for you in time on the monday also come back because james savage and tom bull will be joining me to preview goodwood and we'll get more from Danny and from Rory as we look at all of the feature races at the Galway Festival, including the feature of the entire meeting, the Tote Galway Plate. So without any further ado, let's begin with the feature race on day one, the Connacht Hotel Handicap. Just the 17 in here, I think, for Willie. Be interesting to hear what Danny has to say. Market is currently headed by Fabros, Zafain, Exchange Rate, and the horse that I fancy, My Sister Sarah. They're all very, very tightly connected there. I really like My Sister Sarah here. Galway will suit her better than Listol. She beat Coventry last time out, who connections, I uh, think quite a lot of and uh, the Codfather has been booked for Willie Mullins who's got an outstanding record in the race I think she's very very solid and it's not really going to matter over two mile one but coming out of stall three that will be an advantage Danny your thoughts on my sister Sarah and who are you going to be siding with yeah I think uh, my sister Sarah definitely has a decent chance in it she done well to win the last day in Listole. Probably looked like she was going to be beat for most of the race. Just got up on the line. And I think Galway will suit her an awful lot better. Like it was yielding ground in Listole, but Galway with the stiff finish will, will definitely play to her strength an awful lot more. I'd ridden her in Killarney on a flat track as well. And she was just outpaced all the way around there. But She's she has the draw, you know. Jamie Codd, good jockey booking, but probably a little bit short for me. The interesting one in the race, I think, uh, could be exchange rate. Uh, had a good run in the stall actually behind my sister Sarah, but hadn't run since November 18 before that. So it was what, best part of two and a half years off the track. And, you know, I think if uh, if he can improve from that run in the stall, Jodie Townend booked, she knows how to win the race and has previous Galway form. He won a flat maiden with Patrick there back in 17 as well. And I think that would be the one I might be siding with. 
And I suppose it's not a negative that Patrick doesn't ride it. He wouldn't do the weight. And Jody takes a valuable five off as well. So I think there, there's plenty to like about exchange rate. There's so many you, you could make a case for. Uh, Zafanian of uh, Dennis Hogan's, I think, is potentially unexposed. He, he hasn't ran on the flat uh, since leaving France and was a decent uh, hurdler through the winter. You know, finished that off with a solid fort and a grade one at the Punchestown Festival. So, you know, he, he's another one in there. But it's a typically competitive handicap. Roy, for you? I'd give uh, I'd give a fair chance to run for Mary here. Um, she's um, off the same mark as when second in the race last year. She was beaten by... She was giving weight to Princess Zoe last year. Um, and despite that, she actually gets in here off the same mark. And that despite winning... Um, last time I was beating uh, No Thanks. I quite fancy No Thanks to win earlier on the card as well. Um, he's been third in his last three, uh, sorry, second in his last three starts, running really well both times. Um, and he was only touched off by, by Ron Vermeer at Limerick. But I thought she had a little bit in hand um, over the same trip as, as tonight. This An extended two miles clearly suits her um, very well. She came into the meeting last year off the back of a win at Bellew sign over the same trip as well. So, you know, Cahill Burns clearly um, has her uh, prime for this. She runs, of course, in the um, in the Solwit colours um, that uh, um, have done the Burns family so well. And um, if she improves at all, for cheap pieces, she cheap pieces for the first time. I think she's got a great chance. Now, she's drawn a sole 21, but as I pointed out earlier, um, that hasn't stopped horses going very close in this race in the last couple of years. Um, so, um, again, you know, Philip Burns needs to, um, needs to avoid the trouble spots. But, you know, he... Um, uh, you know he, he's got more experience than he had a year ago uh, when he when he rode her to finish second. So he knows his way around. He knows what's required in this race. And um, you know although she seemed to be drawn um, uh, better on paper last year, um, she's again going to be coming from off the pace. I don't think Stall Twenty One is necessarily a, a massive negative for her. I think the stalls, the draw uh, on the flat in Galway over seven furlongs is probably. The one you don't want a high number. You're getting up to the mile and the mile and a half and the two mile. It's it's less of a factor. Those seven furlong races are the ones where you need a good draw. Yep. The rest, it, it's nice to have a good draw, but it's not. It's not a game changer. I think you are really goosed in those seven furlong mile races. Again, um, I was talking about the the draw in, in recent races. Just taking out the one that I hadn't looked at, 2016 race. Hmm. First, second, third, fourth, and fifth were drawn 14, 15, 16, 17, and 18. It's clearly not a a massive negative to be drawn to be drawn high here. Um, as long as you know, as is always the case with the draw, often the biggest problem with, with winning from a certain draw is the belief that you can't win in the first place. Yeah. So or, or trainers say, Oh, we've got a terrible draw here. You're gonna to have to take a pull and get across to the rail. And taking a pull and getting across to the rail puts you in the worst position you could possibly be in, as a general yeah. rule. Mm. You know, every once in a thousand times you get lucky and you get a run up the up the inside rail, but how often does that happen from from right at the back? So it's, it's you know, fine if you end up in that position where you're over on the rail because of a very strong pace and yes. the horses are going to be coming back. But to take back and put yourself in that position, you're probably taken back because the pace is not strong in the first half mile, no. and then. There's just too much traffic. Very fair shout. Uh, oh, on this, uh, the amateur handicap as well. Yeah. One at a bigger price that I like is... Oh, we love bigger prices. The, Come on. 
the name escapes me. Derek ah. O'Connor, no mage. Like Derek, 18 to 1. I'm looking at here. I'm not sure what, what's he with your odds, checker. Yeah, 18s with a number of firms. Only beaten two lengths by Princess Zoe in it last year. And, you know, he's had his few runs over jumps. He's a horse that I've watched. I actually fancied him in a few of those good chases and hurdles. And he just, he never, he never seems to jump well. I think jumping lets him down so much for the ability that the horse has. And the fact that he ran such a good race around there last year, uh, I would be giving him a, a big chance in it. Yeah, that's not a bad shout at all. Maybe the each way bet in the race. There, like there's, of the fancied ones we spoke about, you could probably realistically give three or four of them a chance of winning, but he, he's the only one I, I, I'm finding at a bigger price. That actually interests you. Yeah. And first time cheek pieces as well. Oh. Yes. 18 to 1 about the name escapes me an old favourite of the final furlong podcasts I'm pretty certain we at the very least have a combination trifecta there let's be bullish for day one of Galway Rory your second pick on day one comes in the 440 give us the gravy who are you tipping the badly drawn horse uh, on paper Um, my view in terms of, of the draw of this trip you do generally want to be drawn low uh, particularly if you've got a bit of speed um, but it tends to be the middle runners who are, who are really disadvantaged um, it, you know horses are drawn wide looking to get across um, if they've got uh, early speed and as a horse is drawn in the middle you tend to get squeezed a little bit going to the first bend um, the most important thing as I said ideally you want a reasonably good um, low draw but if you've got the speed to tack across that can be a massive benefit um, you're often better if you've got lots of early speed to be drawn wide than if you've got speed and you're drawn low, but the horse next to you cuts across you early on, or you just miss the break by a, by a beat. Um, you can't get away with that from the inside, but you can um, on the outside because you've still got clear space to run into. So I like the, the horse who's, who's the most likely leader in this race. There only are two horses in this whole um, uh, race who have uh, led in recent starts at all. And those are Dakota, who, are, who are, is definitely worth considering. Um, Sheila Lavery's horse is well worth a second look at them. Um, uh, at Galway generally, um, and, and she's run well in her last two starts to go to. The one I really like here, um, who I hope has been laid out for this meeting because it's been off for 109 days, is Rocketoile. Now, Rocketoile was a, um, a good winner at Dundalk in March uh, and then ran the race of his life um, last time in a mile handicap at Gorham in April. Um, he was badly drawn on paper there as well. Uh, he came from a, a very wide stall, drawn to stall 15. Um, or 16 that day um, and he made most of the running and was caught um, just inside the final furlong by a horse called Visualization of Joseph O'Brien's. Um, Visualization was giving him £10 that day. Um, as you may be aware, uh, Visualization um, was, he was, he was rated uh, 79 in winning that handicap at Goran. He was beaten narrowly of a mark of 100 um, at Royal Ascot. So that, that puts the run into perspective. Um, Rocketwell was beaten by a 100-rated horse, or even, even higher than 100. He finished second in Royal Ascot. You're ahead of your mark um, last time out. And he had horses who've run well since. Drip was, um, uh, was third at the biggest prize that's run well since. Um, White Peppers uh, run well. Lunar Space, uh, who was sixth, has, has gone well at better marks since. 
So I thought Rocket's well, um, who's gone up a few pounds for, for finishing second there. Um, two pounds to be precise for that run. I think that's I think that makes him really well handicapped. Uh, and the question is whether Andy Slattery has said, right, lads, we've got something to bet on at Galway, this really well handicapped um horse, or whether Rocket Files had a little bit of a setback since, which would be a, a, a concern. Um, but I'm taking it as this is a really well handicapped horse. And if you're his next run is at the Galway Festival, that kind of suggests um that the plan has been to put him away for Galway. And if that is the case, um, a mark of 71 uh, definitely underestimates me. It's improved a lot recently. The, um, the Goran run was his first one in a while without a hood. Um, he'd been free in his early races, hadn't, hadn't really been getting home. Uh, and he'd run in a hood at Dundalk. Um, when he got his head in front, um, eventually at Dundalk in March, um, Andy took the, uh, the hood off him and he improved um, for not wearing the hood. Didn't, despite the fact that he saw loads of daylight, at Goran, he settled really well in front and kept going to the end over that over that mile. Um, he's he's run respectably over five furlongs before. I think he'd be absolutely fine dropping back to a stiff seven. Um, and he's, to my eye, he's only really going to have uh, Dakota to worry about in terms of getting the lead. He does. I don't think he needs to to dominate. I think he's had to go forward from the draw that he's been in um, to have a chance last time out. It's going to be similar here, so he's going to go forward. I think he'd happily take a lead. Say if Dakota wants to go on. Um, but he's too well handicapped to ignore. I think he's thrown in here. And on top of that, he's being heavily backed. A sea of blue as a look at odds checker, right? Rory Delargy uh, with one drawn in the car park. Danny, you've also got a horse for us for day one. Drop the knowledge. Zero ten is in the amateur handicap later on. His favourite for it. And I think he he'll take an awful lot of beating. Anyone who hasn't read uh, read the racing post on Sunday, Emmett has given him a very strong vote of confidence. He says, hopefully we can get him there in one piece and show people how good he is. Because as far as I'm concerned, he's always been the most exciting horse I've had to train ability wise. Hopefully he can show it on the track. He has a huge engine. It's two to one at the moment. Patrick doesn't ride Willie's one and he rides for Emmett. I'd imagine that's going to go off odds on uh, with that vote of confidence from Emmett, who would be wise enough to know. He wouldn't be one to just come out with a random statement. I thought that was very interesting that he, he said his ability wise, he thinks he's the, the best horse he's trained. It's not something that's in Emmett's locker. You wouldn't just talk a horse up. And he certainly wouldn't talk horse up unless he thinks the horse is absolutely going to do the talking on the track as well and back up his words. That being said, should point out that Galway has seen more than its fair share of high-profile favourites get duffed, including Alexandra Goldrun getting beaten in a nursery. She became a Group 1 superstar, a globe-trotting Group 1 superstar, for that matter as well, for Jim Bulger, and she got beaten in a nursery. So anything can happen at Galway. But 0-10, definitely going in the patent. By the way, Matt Mullins didn't even talk to the racing post. That's Danny reading a message on his WhatsApp. <laughs> that's, that's the family WhatsApp group. The family WhatsApp group, yeah. Oh, and he's in a percentage of the sales price. 
it's Mark Johnston and Dark Vision all over again. God, and that was the week of Goodwood, actually, because he won the Vintage Stakes a couple of years ago. Wow, all traces back. Still to come, Galway podcast featuring the lads talking about the key races from the entire week. So that means the BMW Cullum Quinn Mile on the Tuesday, and of course, Guinness Galway Hurdle, and more importantly, the feature race of Galway. The Tote Galway Plates. Get the views of Rory and Danny in the full show. That's all to come. Hopefully, there is some gravy to be had. And join us as we preview Goodwood as well with the assistant trainer for Sir Michael Stout, the brilliant James Savage, and Racing TV's Tom Bull. Loads of content coming your way. We'll chat to you soon. The Final Front Podcast. Thanks for listening. Take care. God bless. Sign up to tote.ie today and place your first bet. If it loses, we'll refund your stake and cash up to €20. Euro. And don't forget, by betting directly with us online, you get a 10% bonus on your winnings on horse race markets with Tote Plus. Come get the gravy. Only with tote.ie. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.